to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Coming to Him, constantly coming to Him, Him as a living stone. Stones speak to us, rocks and stones, they speak to us of strength and stability, don't they? When you're standing on a platform, if, if, if it's a, a solid rock platform, it's stable. You're not going to fall. But if it's shifting and it's sand, you're going you know, to not have that stability that you would, would like to have. It speaks of us of stability and strength. Jesus Christ is our stability. He's our strength. He wants to give us stability. He wants to give you strength. Keep going to him. Keep looking to him for your strength. We read in the Psalms, Psalm 118, some trust in chariots and some in, you know, horses. You know, we'll put our confidence in the Lord. We're going to put our confidence in God, not in princes. Are you going to him for strength or stability? Before I became a Christian, I, I remember part of my job was public speaking and Sometimes I would get just so nervous to go in front of people. I was like, really, this is my job, you know? So I even went to the doctors because sometimes I'd get so nervous I would blank out. I would like have a, you know, my mind would just go blank and I'd have to give a presentation. I'm like, I forgot what I was going to say. It was like, you know, it was terrible. So I even went to the doctor. I says, hey, what's going on? And they said, oh, that's anxiety. And he just kind of threw medication at me. Yeah, take some of these, you know? And so I took one. He told me to take one before my meeting. So I would take one. And I thought, well, one worked okay. Maybe five will work better, you know? So... (laughs) Or whatever. So I was just taking two or three at a time or four at a time. And, and then I was like dependent on them. You know, it's like life has to have medication. I was just, you know, just abusing it. Can I tell you the day I accepted Christ, I never had to take that. I'm just telling you my personal testimony. I, I never needed it. If I get nervous, if I get worried or something, I go to him. He's my strength. He's my stability. He is the one that I go to for my strength. You see, because those type of things, at least for me, it was just temporal God is steady. He's permanent. He's our strength. He's your strength today. I love what the psalmist David said in Psalm 40, verse 1. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. That's my life before Christ. I was in a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay, I was stuck. But check this out. And what did he do for David? And he does it today. And he set my feet upon a, can we say it together? Rock. And what did he do? And he established my my steps. He gives stability. He gives strength. I love what Paul the Apostle said to Timothy. And you might know this verse very well. But I'm reminding all of us today of what he said. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of Have have you ever thought of that, that fear is a spirit? That's what the Bible says. God has not given us a spirit of fear. There's a spiritual realm that wants to bring fear upon your life. He's not given it to you. But what has he given us? But of? That sounds like strength to me. Power. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a? Isn't that wonderful? Soundness of mind, power of the Holy Spirit, love poured into our hearts, changing people. 
So go to him, constantly go to him, keep going to him for your strength. Keep going to him for stability. He's a living stone, but then it goes on to say, whoops. So back in our text, verse five, it says, so it goes on to say, and you also as a living stone, being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You also, so God is a living stone and we, we are living stones and we're being built up as a spiritual house. I, the Christian life is always a team effort. You, you never read about you know, a person doing it all by himself. It's just this person. It's just that. No, we're a spiritual house. And it, so we're each stones. We're, we're part of this house. We're part of what God is building. And we're, we're, we're to work together to, to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. I, I love the fact that there's diversity of gifts. There's diversity of talents in the church. And, and we see that here at this church. Like, I'm, like not, not many churches see it. I mean, we have like over 80 people that are cast. For the play, 80, 70, 60, right about 80. Okay, so about 80 people in the cast. That's a lot of people with diverse gifts and talents. And then you have people working in the back. You've got the sound, you've got the music, you've got the you know, lighting, and you've got, and that's, that's like different parts of a building all coming together to make one solid building. And it's, the Bible also talks about different members making up the body. And it's so important And it's important that we know what our talents are, we know what our gifts are, and we use them for the glory of God. And when you do that, other people are blessed. When you're using your gift, I I love listening to people sing because I do not know how to sing. You know, my wife says I have a beautiful voice, but I mean, I'm not a singer. But when I hear someone that has a beautiful voice, I'm just, oh, that is so beautiful. That is so awesome. I, I wish I could sing like that. Or when they, they play different instruments, the keyboards and the, the guitar. I, I am not musically inclined even a little bit. So I'm just like, I'm in awe of like, how in the world do they do that? You can give me that guitar. I could try to play it and it's going to sound to you. You're going to probably walk out the door. They're like, you're going to just go like, I'm out of here. But we're living stones. We're, we're part of this, this whole thing. That, and that unity is so important. And I believe that there's an attack on the church to bring division, to, to, to separate people. And, and please, I want to kind of get the, the bigger picture here. Because you hear some people say about, you know, they talk about having, you know, the whole church, everybody, the unity of, of all different denominations and all that. Like we should all, all like maybe get one big, huge building and we should all come together in one big, huge building. I don't believe that's biblical because if you look at the book, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the letter that goes to the seven churches. You know, so the church, you know, there, there's some division in there, but it should not be a division that's dividing us in, in a critical way. You understand in other words, we should have unity even though we have different styles of worship, even though we have different doctrinal understandings. As, as long as we believe in the essentials of Jesus Christ, the essentials of the gospel and all, we should still realize that you know, the Baptist uh, church down the street, they're our brothers and sisters. The, the Pentecostal church down the road, whoever they're at, they're, they're our brothers and sisters. And they might have a different style of worship, and I wouldn't feel comfortable. If, if I were to go into a, an ultra-Pentecostal church and all that, and screaming and yelling, and if they're rolling down the aisles, I'd be like, no, I'm not rolling. No rolling for me, please. And there's different styles. There's different 
doctrinal understandings that different churches have. But, but woe to us if we're to point fingers and say, oh, they're not of God and they're terrible. No, do they believe Jesus Christ died on the cross? Do they believe that he rose again on the third day to fulfill scripture? Do they believe we must be born again of the Holy Spirit? Do they believe in the virgin birth? Do they believe that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh? There's essentials that we agree on. We're all part of this building, this body of Christ. We're living stones being built up, a spiritual house. I find it very interesting in, in Kings, 1 Kings chapter 6, when Solomon's temple was being built, the stones were finished at the quarry. The chiseling, it says here that there was no hammer or chisel nor iron was heard in the temple while it was being built because all of the, the chiseling was going on at the quarry. Once the, the stone was delivered, it, it fit exactly in place. And then the next stone fit exactly in place. There was no chiseling. There, they didn't have chisels. They didn't have uh, the hammers. They didn't have those tools. They didn't have the saws and the axe. It, it was all done at the quarry. That at the temple, it just fit perfectly. And some have mentioned that the earth, where we're at here, it's like the quarry. We're, we're being chiseled on. We're being hammered on because we're being prepared to fit perfectly when we get to heaven. And there's different tools. One tool might be your wife. Another tool might be your husband. And we might be people at your workplace. They're, they rub you the wrong way, but we're being chiseled at. The, the, the rough edges are being smoothed away, and we're, we're hammered on. And we don't like it. I don't like it, but it's necessary. I know other times we look at it as surfacing. You know, things are surfaced out of us. We're, we're being refined as gold, and things are being surfaced out of us. And we, we have to confess it before the Lord. If anger comes up, if pride comes up, if fear comes up, if anxiety, whatever it is that comes up out of our life, as the pressure's on us, we, we're to confess it before the Lord. Because if we try to just, uh, you know, make excuses why we're this way, and this is because I'm this way, and I've always been this way, then you're never going to change. And the, the, the chiseling that God wants to do in your life, it's, it's not going to take place. But God wants to chisel off those rough edges. And he's conforming us. He, he's changing us into the image of Christ. I went to lunch with someone the other day. As I sat there and he was telling me stories and things that are going on in his life, the Holy Spirit was speaking directly to me. I and mean, it was just one of those things. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before. But, it, you know, it, it was just, I was blown away. He was talking, and I'm like, God, I, I hear you so clearly. You're just talking to me. And it was just, I was just in awe. I'm listening to him. I'm thinking, this is great. You know, I love when you speak to me, Lord. And, and God wants to do that. Why? He loves relationships. He loves when we, we hang out together. He likes when we have fellowship together. He likes when we break bread together. He likes when we're together because he wants to speak through you to someone else. And he wants to speak through someone else to you. And there's a work that's taking place. This is the quarry. We're, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God's working on us. And the, the Bible tells us that we're the temple of the Spirit. And there's going to be times where you might have to go to your brother and sister in Christ and, you know, talk to them and say, hey, you know, I've been praying about this and what do you think of this? And, you know, possibly the Lord's showing this. And, and then sometimes, you know, people are just going, well, I'm, I'm not going to receive that. And, you know, so that's up to them. I love what he said. Give me a scripture for that, Pastor. Well, okay, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a, man's, a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, 
So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend because if you're, if you're a good friend, you're gonna speak the truth. And I can honestly say the person that was, I had lunch with, he went, went with, he didn't have a clue. He wasn't correcting me. He wasn't telling me anything. He was just telling me stories and the Holy Spirit was talking right through him. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and God was using him. The word countenance can be the face or the, the person. So you're sharpening the person. You're preparing them. You're chiseling away. You're, you're working in a special way. I would pray whenever you meet with your brothers and sisters in Christ or even those people in the world, just stay prayed up. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. I love being around people that are just filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit because God speaks right through them. If we're walking around and we're just in anger, we're, in, you know, we're upset and we're frustrated and we're overwhelmed and we're, and we're just like, chances are you're not, you're not being used for your friend and that's, you're not, the Holy Spirit's not speaking through you. But when you spend time with him and you're filled with the Spirit and you're filled with his peace and you're filled with joy and you're filled with love and you can just talk about, you're just, you're playing life and what's happening and if that person's listening, God will speak through that. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Let's look back in our text. Therefore, back in our text, it is also contained in the scriptures, behold, I lay in Zion, in Jerusalem, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means put, be put to shame or be disappointed. Therefore, to you who believe, how many people believe that Jesus is precious? Most of you. <laughs> Should I dare say how many believe he's not precious? <laughs> but to those who are disobedient. So if you don't believe, then you're disobedient. The stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone and the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. He's precious. He's the chief cornerstone. By no means will they be put to shame, meaning they won't be disappointed. The group that the apostle Peter's writing to, again, they're dispersed. They left their homes. They left their lands. And they're probably thinking, if reading this letter, what do you mean I won't be put to shame? This is shameful. But I believe this is talking about when we get to heaven, you will not be disappointed. You might have it rough here on earth, but when you get to heaven, you will not be disappointed. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. Again, do you believe that Jesus Christ is precious? I can stand up here. I can look at every one of you in the eyes and say, I believe that Jesus Christ, he is precious. Think about who's writing this. This is Peter the fisherman, a rugged fisherman. And he's using words like precious, He's changed. He's saying, if you believe he's precious, he will be the stability in your life. He will be your salvation. But if you don't believe that he's precious, you're being disobedient because he is precious. There's no other name given on man, to men that a man might be saved. It's the name of Jesus Christ. He is the only name. He's the only one that can save you, Jesus. That's it. There is a tradition that was told about Solomon's temple when Solomon's temple was being built. And I'm sure most of you know this tradition. When it came to the chief cornerstone, they were looking for it to be delivered and they sent word back to the quarry and said, where's the chief cornerstone? And they said, no, we, we delivered that a long time ago at the beginning of the project. 
And they were baffled. They were wondering, well, what happened to the chief cornerstone? So they checked their records and they found uh, the fact that what happened when it was delivered, they didn't know where it went. They thought it was a mistake. So they threw it off to the, into the Kidron Valley and they just disposed of it. And that's what it's believed that this is talking about, the chief cornerstone. It was rejected. And, and say it's a picture of Jesus Christ. He's the chief cornerstone. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. He was rejected by men. The Bible tells us, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. My question to all of us that are here is, have you accepted Jesus Christ for salvation, for stability? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? If so, he will be your salvation, he'll be your strength, he'll be your stability, he'll be the chief cornerstone of your life, if you allow him to be. But you see, the ones that reject this rock, he'll be the one that will ultimately punish and judge those that reject him. So either you're here today and either you've accepted him as your savior and he's precious to you or you've rejected him. And there's really no in between. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. I, I am so thankful that I'm a child of God. As we talk about Jesus being the cornerstone of the church, cornerstone of Salvation. I, I think about how this church started back in 2003, and I, I love telling this story because it's a powerful story. I was serving at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, and as I was there serving, I, the Lord put it in my heart to start a work here in Sunset Beach and Huntington Harbor through John Corson, and long story short, the Lord was making it very clear he wanted to, to start a church here and I didn't find out till later, there was never a church in Sunset Beach. Over 100 years, they've never had a church in this community, ever. So as all that was going on, and he finally confirmed that uh, where to start at work, we're going to just start a Bible study here. We're trying to figure out where to start the Bible study. We're praying over it. Well, during that time, I was at Calvary Costa Mesa. After the service, I was standing up front with all the pastors, as they still do, uh, to pray for people. And so I'm standing up front there, and Pastor Chuck Smith was finishing out and telling people, if you need prayer, come on up front. So I'm standing there waiting for people to pray. There's long lines of people coming up to pray, and one lady came up uh, for prayer. Her name was Vivian. And Vivian just was oozing with Jesus. And so I prayed for Vivian, and with tears in her eyes, she goes, you must come to my house. And I says, Vivian, that's so sweet, but I'm here five days and five nights. This is my house. You come to my house. She goes, no, 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 you don't understand. You must come to my house. And I said, I can't come to your house. I'm sorry, but I, thank you. It warms my heart, but I can't come to your house. She goes, no, please, please. And she's crying. And I said, oh, thank you, but no, thank you. And she left. The next morning, I wake up, and I felt the Lord said, invite Vivian to the Bible study. And I'm thinking, that doesn't make sense. But, you know, why? I don't want to take people from Calvary Costa Mesa. I want to you know, reach out to people in this community. So Monday was our day off. So it's on a Monday. So it's our day off. I said, honey, let's go. You know, we would jump in the car, and we would just pray over this community and just drive through the streets and just pray, God, do a work and start a work in, our, in this community. And so we just saturated this whole place in prayer. So we're doing that. Well, as we're driving down one of the streets here on the, one of the islands over here, we're driving down the street, and we see this picture, life-size picture of Jesus. You know the famous one, Jesus knocking on the door, and there's no, you know, there's no handle on his side because he's not going to open the door. The handle's on the other side because he's a gentleman. He's just going to knock. You have to open the door. That picture. So it's sitting there right next to the front door. I said, honey, look, check it out. There's a, there's a Christian there. And I said, it's cool. You know, maybe they'll come to our Bible study. She says, let's invite them to our Bible study. I said, just knock on the door. She said, yeah, why not? 
We knock on the door, and guess who opens the door? Vivian that says, you must come to my house. I open the door, Vivian's standing there. The lady that says, you must come to my house is standing right in front of me. I says, well, I came to your house, here I am. Her mouth dropped, my mouth dropped, and we got on our knees. And we basically said, this ground is holy. And she said to me, she says, I want to tell you something. She says, Calvary Chapel's not my church. We're actually looking for a church. She says, I was at the, uh, at the mall in the car, and Pastor Chuck said on the radio, if you need prayer, come on up front and receive prayer. She goes, I was looking at the church right next to me as we're driving. I told my husband, stop the car. I need to get prayer. And he says, no, we're going home. She goes, I'll jump out of the car. Stop the car. And she says, when I walked in the sanctuary, I looked at you, and the the Lord spoke to me and says, that's the man that will start this work. She says, that's why I said, you must come to my house. And she said, somebody told me that my house is going to be used as a lighthouse in our community. And so I figured, you're the one that's going to start this. So that night, we had a prayer meeting, and we met in her house for the first five years of this work. Isn't God awesome? the chief cornerstone. This church is built on Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. We've got much talent. We have many gifts in this place. We are so blessed for that. But he is the chief cornerstone. There is salvation found in no other. As we're told, John 1 tells us that it's him. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name is Jesus. He's the stone. He's the rock. He's the one we go to for salvation. There's no other name. There's no other way to be saved. The Bible makes it very clear. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Can we say this together? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And it goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent his son to the world that we must be saved. God wants to save you. Have you accepted the gift of salvation today? Have you accepted Christ? God loves you so much, he sent his only son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And he sent his son to die in your place, to take the penalty, to take the punishment at the cross of Calvary. You see, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today, you're in either one of two camps. You've received Christ as your Savior and he's precious to you, or you still have rejected his salvation. And if you're in this camp and you've rejected salvation through Jesus Christ, I just want to encourage you. I want to beseech you, beg you. Go to the cross. Accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. He wants to change you. You might say, well, pastor, why do I need to change? Well, because we all have sin. And sin separates us from a holy God. That's why Jesus Christ came to bridge the gap between Man and God, he's the God-man. He died in our place to take away our sin, 
to bridge that gap with you, sinful man, with a holy God. He became sin, a sin offering, to take away your sin, that you would have a relationship with God. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.